Hello there. Welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. I am your host, Aaron Osborne. This week is a very exciting episode. This is my live podcast episode that I recorded last week at the Reverence Hotel with Callum Preston, Matt Weston, Patrick Galvin, and Kane Hibbard. Um, it was a fucking awesome first crack at doing something like this. Um, and uh, I just wanted to say a very, very big thank you to everybody that came out and had dinner and drank beers and participated in the event and gave me criticisms afterwards and gave me kind praise afterwards and, uh, you know, just came along and checked it out. It was super fun. I had a great time and I really look forward to, uh, you know, building off this one that I've done and trying to do some better ones in the future. Not to say there's anything wrong with this one, but with all of these kind of things, with all these podcasts, it's always a learning curve. So, now that I've got one off my, under my belt, I can sort of start developing the next little effort in it. Um, I want to say a big thank you as well to Callum, Matt, Kane and Patty for, you know, coming and sitting with me and chatting with me and sharing a lot of their opinions and ideas on things. It was really fucking awesome. Also, I wanted to give a huge shout out to Jamie and everybody from the Guilt Parade for playing an awesome little set afterwards. It was really cool. They played really well. I had intended in putting some of their music in this. However, the recording of it didn't, uh, I think, reflect as good as they sounded. Sort of the recording bombed out a little bit. But uh, better luck next time with that. We'll work on that too. Um, I also want to say big thanks to Sean for mixing on the night for me. Jason from Blood Duster for helping me make it sound a bit better than it did. And Ben Sell for getting up before me and warming the room up with his ridiculous quiz. And thanks to Nick, Fiona and Sophie as well for participating in that quiz on the night. It was funny. Um, So this will be my last episode for the year. Um, I'll be trying to do another one with my mother, hopefully. I haven't spoken to her about it yet, but maybe she'll listen to this and find out Um, in the next couple of weeks over the break. Um, But again... Thank you so much to everyone who's checked out the podcast this year. This was my first year at giving it a crack. So uh, I really appreciate all the people listening, the people listening from overseas, the people listening from Australia, the people who give me feedback, the people who've liked us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. It's been fucking awesome. This was a fun thing I wanted to try to do and it's snowballed into something that's cool that people like. So I'm going to keep it going, keep trying as hard as I can. Um, Yeah. That's enough. Um, next year, in the new year, will be the start of more things. And i got a lot of cool things planned. i got a lot of good ideas in the pipeline. Possibly some more live things. Possibly some different other ideas for the podcast, video things. It's all going to try and roll up next year. So, we'll see how we go. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is... The Last Oblivious Maximus for 2015. Oblivious Maximus episode 34. The live episode with Callum Preston, Matt Weston, Patrick Galvin and Kane Hibbard. Just a side note as well. This was live. So there's a lot of weird shit happening in the audio. There's <clears throat> some issues with the mic. Sometimes people aren't talking as loud as one another. Sometimes you can hear the crowd. Sometimes there's references to things that are happening in the room that you're obviously not going to be able to see. Anyway... If you can't deal with that, next time come, and it'll be a lot easier for you to see all this. Otherwise, 
Thank you once again for listening. This is the Oblivious Maximus Podcast, episode 34. Fucking brutal! Everyone here's heard the podcast, I assume. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Um, but before I get started, I want to say thank you very much for coming to this because I started this to just talk to people a bit more and it means a lot that a lot of people are here to watch me talk to people a bit more at a bar because <laughs> there's more access to booze here. So it's fucking sick. So thank you for coming. Um, let's do it. My first guest I'm going to introduce... Um, is horribly messy. He lives with me. I've known him forever. He's very excited about seeing Star Wars last night. Patrick Alvin, put your hands together. <laughs> Sit wherever you want, right next to me. How you doing? Patty's heaps nervous, so uh, give him heaps of shit. Oh, I'm all right. <laughs> um, okay, next guest... Uh, has also been on the podcast before, has done artwork for I Exist, there's one for you, Benno, um, and most recently did a beautiful painting for my girlfriend's birthday. So please welcome to the stage, Callum Preston. Yee-hoo-hoo! You guys have fine. seen each other already. You know? This is just, it feels like the, uh, like the shittest Wayne's world ever with you two living together. <laughs> what do you mean? Come on. No, no, it's good. It's good. Thank you for having me. Is this, is this working? Is Pat, is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, he's really been on a stage before, as you can I'm tell. I'm a seasoned professional. Um, okay, next one. Who's going to come up here and talk? Directed the best music video Australia has ever seen. Porn Store Stiffy by Blood Duster. If you don't know about it, go and look it up. Matt Weston, put your hands together. It's a deep cut. Porn Store Stiffy. Dude, the one. I forgot. It's a cracker. Hi. Hi. You obviously didn't want to talk about my work with Justine Clark on ABC2. I've seen that. I only want to talk about Blood Duster with you. Anyway... Last person to come up here for the evening took photos a lot for the aforementioned festival that got cancelled today. So I don't know if that means the end of the book series, but Kate Hibbard, put your hands together. Keep climbing, keep climbing. He seems further away. Yeah. The only one who hasn't had to go to Oak Park. Yeah. Look at you now. But you're in Footscray. You're really missing out. It's a great place. I really like to think that some people turned up in Oak Park at your house and now they're at that weird uh, barber tattoo shop or whatever's under your house. Hey, I'm the only person in this room who got tattooed there, so... Oh. You ripper. Don't donate blood. Anyway, enough talk about tattoos and cool stuff like that. Um, uh, Sorry, I am glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. Um, I would like to ask, does this uh, sound wave cancellation impact on your finances for the year now or what? I'll just refer that to AJ's Twitter account and... Uh, well, we'll get an answer then. Uh, oh, it's going to be... It's going to be different. I'm, I have a hole in the 
end of January, so if anyone needs anything done... <laughs> Go to anyone... the stadium where Soundwave was going to be at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Kane can take a picture of you there. Yeah. You know where I'll be on those dates, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I wrote down questions, but uh, I can't be bothered looking at them. So um, initially when I uh, planned this out, we were going to have a projector there showing images of everyone's work. But then um, we put it on a USB that looks like Yoda because Patty likes Star Wars and um, it didn't work. So we don't have that visual component anymore. So from now on, every time someone's talking about artwork, imagine it's the best shit you've ever seen because it's going to be fucking sick. Anyway, um, so the first question I had was effectively... In the podcast, I always ask people how they got into music. And what I wanted to get out of you guys was how you first got into the field of work that you've ended up working in now. What Was it music that put you into it? Or was it something from school? Or what put you into on the course that you're now on? Anyone can answer. Broken Glass Online. Oh, God. For anyone out there. Uh, I was working at a supermarket at the time, stacking shelves. And I was really broke. And I could draw pictures kind of before, sometimes. And um, I think it was Pro Team posted a thing saying that they needed shirts done. If anyone remembers Pro Team? No one remembers Pro Team. <laughs> and so I drew a picture for them, like a just like I think it was a robot or something like that. And um, that got picked up, but that never that didn't actually end up getting printed for a while. And in the interim, I did a shirt for Carpathian, which I Callum mentions it all the time. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, well, it was well, it's for Crafter. It was for really? Cra- it, it was, was for Crafter. It wasn't really for Carpathian. He just happened to be in the band. Yeah. Um, but it was a wombat fighting an echidna, and it was like a little cartoon thing. And so from there, it kind of just snowballed yeah, a bit. Because we actually, I met or knew of Patrick through Broken Glass. It was really like the Christian mingle of the hardcore scene. <laughs> like you could, that's how I met a lot of people from interstate that I hadn't previously met being there. Um, but yeah, the field of work I'm in now, I get, it, it wasn't school because by the time I finished school, I dropped all my art subjects and design, I was doing like business management and uh, international studies because uh, this teacher told me once that we were going to start trading with Bali a lot. And like we studied... That's in, gone fucking great, hasn't we, it? We studied Indonesian and they were like, yeah, they said that that was our close neighbour and by the time I got to the real world, we'd be like, I should be able to speak fluent Indonesian. And so, I don't know, it was not, not the best advice I've ever had. But um, yeah, so I dropped all those art subjects and uh, I ended up getting into advertising in university, but... My dislike for the kind of douchey advertising people is what pushed me to be to do design and artwork, and that was just out of necessity from playing in bands and and doing shirts for us. So I guess that's kind of what got me into that side of it. Was it a similar thing for you with doing? Sorry, you. I'm just pointing at you, Matt. <laughs> Matt. Matt. <laughs> um, for doing videos and things, was it for your own stuff or was it for other people? Well, I love doing short film stuff in like year ten and year eleven. But that, I had no idea that that could be a career-type path. So we had like a, a yearly... Pro, a, a, we had the whole year to do a short film kind of project. And I'd finished mine in March and then helped everyone finish theirs for the year because I just thought it was real fun. And then after high school, I don't know if before... I think I applied for VCA, the big film school here, and I didn't get in. So I thought, fuck yous. <laughs> I'll show them. But then I just helped friends out making music videos and then it kind of rolled from there. Yeah. And then how Pong long... Pong Store t- Stiffy. How long till Pong <laughs> Store Stiffy? That was the 
second video. I it just wanted you to come to talk to you more about that music video. How long till when Dickhead snapped 28 Days VHS? It was on, that was DVD. Was it? That was a while later, but we don't have to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Kane? What was, was photography something that's kicked off early for you? Or was that something that came up through music and other things like that? Yeah, I was a bit of a late bloomer on the photography thing and I was actually a sound engineer, so I studied and did music through uni and ended up working down at Back Beach where if anyone remembers Super Heist, so I work with Richie yeah. Norton. Day of Contempt, see through the lies. Fantastic records made there. No. And yeah, so I did that for a while and got jack of it and went into the corporate world for a little bit and somehow that totally wrecked my mind because I wasn't being creative anymore and then fell into the whole photography thing. Someone suggested I should follow my passion and I went to uni, did photography and because I needed models and all my friends were in bands, I just started shooting them and then that turned into doing some press photos and then it was just a snowball effect. I never actually wanted to be a band photographer, it just sort of happened. Sucked in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and were you, were you running a label as well? Like when I met you, you had a label too, right? Yeah, I had a yeah. really... Um, I had a, just a small punk rock label with some friends called Get Up Records and we actually had a meeting with Jaden Comerford who now... Uh, He's Pat's boss. My boss. <laughs> Your boss. So, And what we were going to do, we were going to merge our labels and he was running Boomtown and we actually had it all written down and we were going to merge our labels together and, and Boomtown was going to come underneath Get Up Records and that was the best decision he ever made. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, good on him. Uh, you know, keeping Paddy's Star Wars films right on check. My Blu-ray collection is nice. He pays half your rent. Yeah, he does. Fuck yeah, bro. Um, so I guess uh, my thing from that is in the podcast I've talked a lot about how I have had nothing but bad experiences from people studying things to do with the creative arts in school. I don't know whether that's something that everyone agrees with, but my experience with it was an absolute nightmare in that I went to study sound engineering and the first class I took at uh, CIT, which is TAFE in Canberra, was, uh, it had some fucking weird name, it was very indescript, but the first lesson we were taught how to roll leads and we were rolling leads for 30 minutes and the teacher would go around and tell us if we were rolling leads right or not. That's very important though. That's how it, can... is, it is important, but that was the day that I went home and told my mum that I can't make a living off music. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I just paid $2,000 for someone to show me how to roll a lead. Um, so was, obviously a lot of you have studied things in, in parts, but did, what was the impact of studying these creative things on your career then? Do you think it informed it well or poorly? Uh, I mean, I think it's good to say. The one thing that like really strikes me about uni is, and I don't know if this is anyone else's experience or if I'm just intolerant, but I feel like you're just thrown together with all these people and, and everyone pretends like you're going to be best friends forever. And you know when you go on those awkward... Like, oh, we've got a few free periods and then we're going to lunch and you have, like, this hangout. It's like, none of us are friends and we're not going to be friends after this and there's this really awkward thing. I was somewhere the other day and there was a group of people there who were obviously early uni students and just the the inane conversation going on, I was like, thank God I'm not first, first year at RMIT anymore with a bunch of people that, you know, I'm not interested in. The actual study side of it, I was doing advertising, as I said, and I just applied all of that to what I cared about, which was getting to the art house 
by the weekend to play a show, so I'd be doing flyers for whatever or flyers for I, my own band. When you said that, I just thought you were going to advertise for yourself to get into the art house. Like, <laughs> yeah. you needed a campaign to <laughs> find your way. You need a good audience member? Get this guy. <laughs> it could have been you. Yeah. I'm um, short. You can see over me. It's fine. Did your media things relate then to doing film stuff later on? Or? Well, I guess the exciting thing about video, and I'm assuming it's very similar with these guys, is well, the, my favourite part of it is at no point can anyone go, oh, here's my diploma in filmmaking or media. Can you hire me for a job? Because you get laughed at. Like, it's all based on yeah. what you've done. Mm. And with the film world specifically, if you've, as I've found out, if you've studied at a film school and have a degree, that works against you because they teach an auteur kind of attitude that's not the reality of, you know, working your way up in the crew and learning things. Like, no one can write their own film and direct it and shoot it and it can be about a sad clown and whatever that might be. That's just impractical these days. So that I, I really like about it. That being said, I studied the shit out of short courses and reading books and that kind of study. So I guess it's, you know, and I still... Google. Podca- exactly, but yeah. I still love a bloody good podcast. Cheers. Yeah. Um, but it's that... It's that, was that, that, compliment. that was a compliment. <laughs> it's that yeah. balance of, like, studying to an extent, but also just getting out there and, like, yeah. and being a shit kicker and, well, do it, like, being on these sets and seeing that stuff, right? Then I, I guess... Yeah. You know, with there'd be some stinkers in all of our folios, whether it's video, photo, yeah. design, whatever. I and did a lot of yeah. getaway plan merch in the early days. <laughs> like, it's but there's always one that will, like, whatever creative field. I reckon you probably are the same for you guys. But there's always one job that you have a crack at, and you th- it may or may not work. But for some reason, it'll connect with people, and that'll be the thing that stands out. Like when you make a video for Blood Duster called Porn Store Stiffy. Is there, a, um, is there not a shot of a double kick in roller skates in that video? Is roller that... skates and bunny slippers. Bunny yeah. slippers. I it remember that now. It was a big now. corn piss take, which was funny that week. <laughs> Still funny. Still funny. 1999. Going, going on what you said, I actually, like, I studied film and then got into design because I, I, I studied film I was I wanted to be a filmmaker. And then from that, the one person that seemed to, like, actually make connections and get somewhere out of my group, it was a small kind of class, is Barry Otto's daughter. Yeah, right. The Australian right. actor, his, yeah. his daughter was studying. Like, her sister is in Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. And so she got all this shit. And it was just kind of like, I was there. I'm just like, she's just getting this because of her name. And everyone else is like working their ass off and getting nothing out of this. Mm. And it's just like, this is bullshit. Like, I, so I just, after that, I just decided I didn't want to study it. But anymore. I imagine it's good if you use it, whatever creative course you're doing. If you yeah. get, like, for a film perspective, if you get access to gear and can make films and you know, fuck around with stuff that you can't afford to hire and hang out with other people trying to make shit. Yeah. I guess that's what I, how I treated Year 10. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just that structured learning. Like, you have to do something, you do it, you learn how to use a camera or you, you learn some lighting techniques and then you just go and do what you want to do with it. It's like, fuck, you just do your course, you pass it or whatever you want to do. It's not even about passing it. It's just mm. you learn what you want to learn and then you go and apply it to what you actually want to do with it. Doesn't yeah. matter the grades and all that shit. Doesn't matter at all. Well, that, that's exactly it. Like I, I, I got a lot out of that course and everything like that. But I looked at it. and was just like, if you if you're paying all this money to go to a school and you kind of you go into it as a, I was like 18 when I started, thinking that I was going to get a job out of that kind of thing. And then you get there and it's like there is in, useful information out of this, but this kind of whole process isn't necessary. If you just go out and fucking do it, mm. that's how you get something. I guess the issue would be if it was totally practical. The practical side of you know executing how to do a design job or 
yeah. you know, storytelling, what the main beats of a story are and whatever that might be. If they taught networking and not being a cunt and yeah. doing all those <laughs> yeah, things exactly. that end up being... I feel like that's a big career. lesson that a lot of people miss out on is not being a cunt. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's something that you should really pick up. Like, I definitely, like, just from working with various clients and working with absolute dickheads and then working with good clients you learn how to deal with people you learn that you, like the things that you're doing what's right and what's wrong kind of thing mm. and it's you know it should be taught how to actually network and deal with people and stuff well, like that can that be taught yeah well, uh, yeah i mean i was a huge cunt and i just dialed it back <laughs> dialing it back you're getting real better now yeah <laughs> but um I just like to say that in my uni course, I got the award for most likely to succeed. So <laughs> least likely right. to be a cunt. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, like, as a representative of RMIT, is here, can you please put that in the uh, the notices, please? That's true. <laughs> Van, no more Van no Wilder more, party liaison over there. <laughs> no more cunts. <laughs> no, um, yeah. So, the, uh, one of the other things that Not I the, uh, on on people doing their jobs. Are you recording this? Yeah. Oh. Huh. I just, I just looked around and thought, wait, isn't there normally a thing no, to record? Can I start again? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, uh, does everyone See, Sean's know, on it. Everybody put their hands together for Sean for doing yes, sound. Thanks, Sean. I forgot to introduce him. <laughs> so, yes, we are recording this. Bonus. Uh, I'm sure you're all going to listen to it <laughs> as soon as I put it on the internet. Um, so, <laughs> the other question that I wrote down was in every one of you have had, uh, as far as I can tell, there's been big uh, collaborations in your respective careers that have sort of, as far as I can see, helped push things along a bit more. There's been uh, either frequent collaborators or ones that have sort of like stood out. Um, is that something that's been important for you guys the whole time that, you know, as you've been working creatively is to have good subjects to work with, good other people to work with. Has that aided in it or is it sort of those are just the canvas for you to put your creativity onto? I think when someone get, gets comfortable with you and you can start being more creative... And charge and, more. And charge more. <laughs> but it does, it just, it just allows you to try different things and you always get those people you seem to click with creatively... And you can throw stuff at them and they just seem to be into it. And you can always just... They have the patience, they have the... you know, They're always the ones too creatively you're going to go the extra mile for. So you've got an idea that's never going to work in a budget, but you're like, fuck it, we're just going to do it anyway. And you're happy to do it with those people that give you the work and keep giving the work, but also you want to do something cool together. So It's also knowing how to decide what's a waste of time without just being an asshole about it too like finding you know those those great people like great clients you whatever they don't just like fall into your lap it's like a built up relationship thing you know it's sort of i guess like Kane was saying you get comfortable and then it's all of a sudden you don't mind going the extra mile for it but i mean having said that i don't think anyone on the panel would uh disagree but it's like we're all uh still just finding that well, I definitely am still finding that level and some clients that might be long-standing, all of a sudden it just doesn't work anymore and that's kind of, you've got to figure out when to let those things go as well and uh, as I get older, like it's, I'm less relevant in some instances but I can somehow command more respect for something that's a more serious project. It's one of those sort of things like because I'm not at that show every week or whatever in the front row, maybe I'm not as 
you know, it's it's all about like when I started doing work, it was just I was just there. So I was like, oh, you do that, you did that thing for that thing. So why don't you do one for us as well? And it sort of, um, and then I guess I've really noticed your absence in the front row. Too. Yeah, I know. So yeah, but <laughs> um, work on that. Yeah, I guess Kane was saying too. Like I feel like with creative degrees, it's the only. My brother's an accountant, and it's uh, you know, it's not as though if if three years into his four years of accountancy. If someone was like, do you want to do my taxes? And he's like, yeah. And he just quits the degree and goes and does that guy's taxes and he's sweet. But in creative degrees, it's like, I'm going along, I'm learning this shit. And then someone goes, hey, do you want to come and be head designer at Unified? You'd be like, of course. The industry experience is always greater than the university, like, play date, re, you know, reimagining this existing thing to be like, imagine you got to do a packaging design. Like, no, just go out there and do a packaging design for whoever, like, take that opportunity. So it's like, yeah, quit school and drop out, yeah. is what I'm saying. Basically. So, Nick, uh, take that back to your bosses, yep. mate. Tell them to fuck off. It's a new... I'm an, I'm an IMIT alumni. Yeah. And but look you, at you, look at taking me. them to task. Look at me now, really <laughs> letting them know. You can't really teach creati- creativity, though, to a point. You can give people the skills and the technical skills to create something, but when it comes to actually creating something unique... Yeah. That's where it's all about an individual. And, you, yeah, that's why, again, learn the tools, but then you've got to go out and make your stuff. Yeah. Well, it's, like, it's not to be, like, overly critical, but you see a lot of people out there who are studying because they're like, I want to be, I don't know, I want to fucking design stuff for this band or this company or fucking whatever. And they'll study their ass off and they'll put so much effort in and they've got, like, the passion for it, but for some reason it just doesn't quite click and it doesn't quite work for them and it's you know it's kind of you can put as many hours into schooling as you want if you kind of don't fit into what you're aiming for I guess it's just not going to work and some people just happen to fall into that because they might not have the schooling but they just I don't know they have the the sense for it the feel for it and they have the kind of and they can just kind of learn the skill set on their own I guess. You guys touched on it uh, when Beck was on the podcast like talking about a music business course which is something I considered when I was finishing high school because they give you the the big book of like, here's what you can do with your life now, decide. And I was like, well, schoolies week and then that. Um, Very important. And it was grouse. Um, what schoolies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cocktails and dreams, we went to that place. Um, but Fuck yeah. yeah, like, you know, that business, uh, like music business course, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of people with, you know, I don't know what hex debt or whatever, but like, you know, paid a lot of money for something where they're like, oh, I learned all these skills, but I don't have, I'm not a people person. I can't, like, I'm not willing to work all through the night leading up to a campaign to come out. Like, it's not just in the design side. It is in the being a tour manager or any of that stuff, like getting out there and and being on the ground. Um, It's not, yeah, it can't be bought in a degree. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's a similar thing that I thought when I had an opportunity to study music and I was like, oh, this, this would be fucking rad. I'll just play music forever. That'll be awesome. But, like... You know, and then as you realise, uh, if you played music for longer than like five minutes, that having a degree that says you can play music impresses yeah. only your mum. Um, how, and good, how good would that be if you went to shows and you're like, this band's all right, and they go, oh, this next, oh, sorry, guys, is uh, RMIT undergraduate <laughs> of uh, bass playing. Fuck, that guy's good. Get a bigger writer. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be good. That'd be a, that'd be a good merch. You just put your certificate on the back of your T-shirt of your band. Yeah. My Bachelor of Music. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. They could make those graduating hats, but in a mosh cap kind of style. <laughs> i got so many badges just waiting to pin onto that stupid fucking thing. Um, okay, so 
we kind of got back onto ragging on universities just then. <laughs> but um, I mean, the the reason I brought up uh, frequent collaborators is because I find or I found that all of you guys have a lot of people that you work with frequently. Um, is you know, when you do that sort of work, is that something that's uh, fulfilling and challenging every time that you go back to working with those people? Like, obviously, I mean, you work my band a lot. I exist, cheers, solo, wherever you are. That's one. Um, that's two. Oh, two. I'll say it again. I exist. Fucking brutal. Um, brutal. But you've worked with Parkway and Violent Soho a lot. You've worked with Cosmic Psychos. You've worked with fucking tons of different bands Literally everyone. A lot yeah. of, that's a lot Photo of people. Wise. Yeah. My fear is that I'm just going to... The shoot that we've done before, I'm going to fuck it up and that's it. So it's always like... I, every time I do a shoot or do something, I want to do it better. So that's my hardest thing about working with a band again is... Especially if you did something really good the first time around, it's like, well, we've got to try and back it up. It's like a up. second date. You're trying to still be interesting <laughs> exactly. to them. And like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. No, it's... It's like this podcast. The coll- yeah, <laughs> The collaborating thing is like, yeah, it's great. But like I, and I 100% would say it to all of the bands I've worked with, I've said your names out loud and sworn a lot behind your back while I'm working on this. Like it's not, it's not like, oh, they're the best dudes ever. Like you still go, fuck, are you serious? Is that what you want in this email right now? Like yeah. that, the, it'd be unrealistic. Well, I don't know about you guys, but for me, like there's no such thing as a dream client. But what there is, is like, I still sit, like I, my office is a little shed inside a warehouse that I built to look like an old shed. Like, I'm a 31-year-old man that draws pictures for money, like, in a little... I'm in, a, I'm in like, a cubby house. <laughs> like, I can't... You know, if I get an email like, oh, we don't really like that, we want it to be more like this, I go, fuck! All right, cool. But, yeah, I can do whatever I want, so it's like... There's something to be said for working, like, not just collaborating with, like, clients, like, you know, obviously there's perfect clients, blah, 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 yeah. but also working with other people. Like, before I met Kane, I only met Kane a few months ago, I think, I, I've been working with photos and stuff that he's done for years yeah, and it's, it's, it's really nice having like kind of I guess this weird like distant relationship with other creative kind of people where you're working with their work and you it makes your job more enjoyable and you, the results better because you're working with other people whose work you respect and it feels like you have another you've got like a little secret like up your sleeve you can be like oh this is the idea I know Kane could nail that yeah, or I know cool. Matt would be able to shoot that video so I can I can kind of produce that idea and pitch it to him and I know it's going to come out as I'm imagining because I know their work or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's kind of... I think that's the, the collaboration kind of thing is goes beyond just, you know, like artist and client kind of thing. It's just artists working with other artists. I collaborate with Matt often on the phone asking how much I should charge for stuff. <laughs> what, what would you charge? Guess, oh. Double it. Yeah, <laughs> this much. is all part of that not being a cunt course yeah. you heard so much about yeah, earlier. Yeah, he's, he's my cunt sensei. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had those exact conversations with Pat Fox, who's over there. You know yeah. what I, I think I wish they would do <laughs> is sit... <laughs> I wish they'd sit down and go, all right, here's the guy we're going to use to take our photos. Here's the guy who's gonna u- we're going to use a designer. Here's the video guy. Put us in a room together and we'll come up yeah. with something fucking brilliant rather than... No, no, you like, let the musicians come up with the ideas. That's, <laughs> hey, that's the way to go. Hey, fuck all of you because yeah. I've asked probably all of you for weed leaves at one point and I'm going sick over I've it. I've drawn so. more weed leaves in my life. You, you were ahead of the trend anything. in streetwear. Let's just put it that way. Because yeah. I never get briefs. I get told, hey, we need to take some new photos. <laughs> yeah, and check then, your email <laughs> enough, mate. Yeah. And, and then you'll see it on a design somewhere and you're like, you know what would have been cool if I had known they were going to do that? then I would have shot it differently. Yeah. 
It's, yeah. Like, so stop it's, giving it's, bands shit already. Okay. Bands, it's, it's never going to change. There's so many. Like, do you think that Fleetwood Mac rumors? Like, <laughs> no, they didn't fucking go. This is it. This is what it's going to be. Like, there's a lot of people putting their opinions in, and eventually. Yeah. A bunch of them had to go, I give up. I'm going to go and do 12 kilos of cocaine in the back room. <laughs> you guys sort it out. Like, What about those three hardworking band members that weren't in the photo? They yeah, probably yeah, came exactly, up with it. Exactly, exactly. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's always going to be that way. And that's, that's how you end up with stuff. Like, things are... I think some of the best artwork and, and videos and all that probably came about through, you know, a lot of uh, people giving up on their ideas and letting someone else's idea... <laughs> Go forward, but that's just the way it is. It's, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the same thing happens in the corporate world. My dad worked in like HR, and I'm sure that his ideas got shit on as well, just as much as mine. But the difference is they were boring. Like, <laughs> if the idea that gets shit on is like, oh, we want more weed leaves, and I go, I think less, and you go, no, nah, more, and I go, oh, all right, like that's still a good day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So now we've given shit to RMIT and Callum's dad. It's a good bloke. Good one. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, particularly for you, Matt, working very frequently with Cosmic Psychos now, um, as that relationship sort of developed, was that something Up that... Up and coming young band. Yeah. They're going to make it, I reckon. <laughs> Couple of young bucks. Um, but, like, was working with them something that you had to sort of find the style because of working with them or was it something that was relatively easy to pick up on because they are just made I all think the time? My, so I made the movie on the Cosmic Psychos and as a result of that now manage them. So it's really easy for me to get awarded their music video gigs <laughs> when I can ring them and say, hey, this is what's going to happen. But um, I think from that, it, it was kind of natural. I didn't actually want to do a doco. I wasn't a Cosmic Psychos fan. Um, but was recommended to... I should at least chat to them about the story. And if you've seen it, Ross, the main guy, I had a beer with him one night and fell in love. Yeah. And I guess from that, our sense of humour really connected. So mm-hmm. the first time I... The first music video I did after making the movie... Well, I guess I should say... After the movie, I then booked the tour that the movie came out. And that's where they sort of went, you're not going anywhere. You are our babysitter. Yep. So that was fun. <laughs> and then um, the first time I went to Ross's farm, it was just like, man, I'd love to shoot a horror film out here. So the f- they did a new record. There was a song that was pretty fucked up and I thought, I reckon I can shoot a horror film Yeah. on the farm because it's there, it's available. Um, and Fitzy can, was in it. Fitzy, well, a bunch of Cosmic Psychos fans who I knew were fans, I approached and said, do you want to get killed spectacularly in a Cosmic Psychos film that you can collaborate on the way that you die so Fitzy from Nova and Big Brother the Big internet brother. oh the Big Brother threatening yeah. someone with a knife on Big Brother yeah uh, did he really? really yeah he did huh. um, go to YouTube <laughs> huge yeah he had his head exploded someone else was run over by a bulldozer and all my dreams came true so it kind of it just, it just that's my my sense of humour really connected with him and I guess as you say with collaborations I think there's at least with me, there's always there's been several bands that we'll meet, we'll stoke, we'll do a great first job and then I'll get all the next jobs and then slowly it sort of, you know, you run out of ways to tell the same story, which I guess is some of the photos. You kind of go... Or they get the new A&R guy and they go, we're going a different direction. Well, and the, the tricky thing, I guess my thoughts on what everyone was talking about before, it then becomes that balance of 
Like my biggest drama in life is, which is such not a problem, but it's that thing of going, what do I want to do creatively? And thankfully, it's also how can I get paid and pay the rent? So it's that percentage difference. Some jobs you like, fuck it, I'm, I'm paying the rent for two months on this one. I'll try and make it as cool as possible. And then sometimes you go, I'll spend six months making a doco that I'll never make money on, but I'm going to get out of my system. Yeah. And it's, I guess it becomes that balance. And sometimes those relationships, you can't get, you both can't get something out of it because they're probably exploiting you and, you know, you're like, fuck you, yeah, I get to make videos for a band that I'm into. Yeah. And then they but don't want to pay. Or, or you do all the favour jobs for someone. You probably, uh, this, I'd be interested on your stories on this. Well, you do the love jobs for no money. And I probably did music videos for six years before I got paid. I, paid, I felt guilty paying myself 500 bucks for a music video, which might be, well, back when I didn't really know what I was doing. Could be three or four weeks solid full-time work. Whereas now I can knock it out real quick. Yeah. Um, but it's put together a movie. Yeah. Cheers. A couple of days. Um, <laughs> I guess, yeah, that then just becomes that, that drama of working out how you deal with it all. But you, you also worked, not that you're, you're a couple of years older than me, but you worked at a time when... Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Dad. Um, but, you, no, but you worked at a time when there was good budgets for music videos. Like, the reality is records don't sell like they used to. Yeah. You know, like, I worked uh, on a big, the Big Something for Kate book project mm. for their 20-year anniversary, and you'd done videos for them what, eight years previous or whatever. Yeah. And that was 70s. when... Yeah, in the <laughs> 70s, yeah. But uh, that was when there was still a budget for those kind of things, um, especially on those major labels. Yeah, I did a Sunday for Kate video that wasn't that memorable, but it was just in an orange room. And yeah. that was... Cigarettes and Paul's suitcases. Angle, which was... So it's a $30,000 budget, and I'd Jesus never Christ. done anything like more... unheard of now, That surely. was my last year financial income. But the, ish, but the thing... <laughs> fucking hell... I'd never done a job for over 10 grand and then it's proportional because we were shooting film then and and you were wearing an onion on your belt exactly (laughs) walking backwards through the snow and um, didn't have a shell phone but you'd spend 5 grand to hire the hire the 16mm camera get the film processed and you get a one pass grade so it's sort of subjective that as the budgets went down. Well, now anyone can shit on, on your a, iPhone. And it's yeah. Gonna, yeah. So How many music videos have you shot on iPhones? Zero. You it would have crossed your mind, surely. I've done a few that look like they were. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, like, uh, I mean, overarchingly, I don't know if any of these guys know, but we're gone. Like, we're done for. There's kids now who can do everything off Speak just a phone. Speak yourself. Just, uh, well, I'm they tearing can, it up. They can, no, but, like, the kids that are coming through now, like, we... They didn't teach us Photoshop when I was in uni. And I was in uni in 2003. Like, it's not that long ago. Old. Yeah, old as fuck. But, like, I was like, oh, can we do it in Photoshop? Like, oh, no, I don't know about that. It's a bit, you know. But, like, there's, I've, I've been teaching some workshops and stuff in high schools. And, like, they've got all this stuff at their fingertips. So, like, when they, if they manage to remove their retinas from Snapchat or whatever they're doing and don't leak a million nude photos of themselves and just like whatever. But if they make it through to the other side of of high school... And they're not a cunt. Yeah. No, they need to be a little bit. Just like they can call Matt, get a cunt rating. (laughs) And then... uh, Matt's available for that for all of you in the crowd too. But it's, um, you know, if they, they, when they come out of the side, like the photo slash video slash design process 
there's going to be some people in there who are just going to streamline that whole thing and it'll be amazing. It's, I'm really excited to see the kind of stuff that comes out considering what people have managed to make. You know, Porn Store Stiffy was shot on probably pretty primitive a gear. toilet brush. Compared to now, yeah. <laughs> he shot it on a potato and it looks like it. This but is the most pressed Porn Store Stiffy's had in more than when it came years. out. It's like 140k like lines on YouTube. You can't even see it. It's, <laughs> it's dead. Perfect. Um, I kind of I don't see it as a threat. I don't know. I'm not threatened by it. I'm just I'm excited. Think, I think it's cool. I think it's cool, but then it boils it down to like everyone's got access for every, every everyone's got a laptop and can get Photoshop for free. But then it's just down to and good yeah. ideas and. Well, it's only nine yeah, bucks like, a month now, mate. Yeah, you got to press That's true. kind of how I got my start. Like, I, yeah, I'm the person you're talking about. I didn't study it or anything like that. I, yeah. just, I just had a copy of Photoshop. I think I got it off Jay Hat, who's over there. He's a pirate. <laughs> he asked that no one make eye contact with him earlier. <laughs> LimeWire over I there. I looking at him. But yeah, and I just fucked around with it and figured it out and then, you know, got somewhere. And now part of my job as well is kind of compiling different designers and stuff to do things for various bands that I work with and I just see the shit that they're doing I just like look at like these amazing designs that some people are doing I'm yeah. just like trying to figure out how they got their start like are these just yeah. kids in their bedrooms that just figure their shit out I think out that too and then I see some sweet fan art and I think I'll be right for a well, bit longer well, no, no, no. <laughs> okay we at work we did this thing there's actually tonight there's the Amity Affliction are playing in the fucking stadium right yeah. now and no one a, cares everyone's here no but there was a competition going on for like people to draw their own posters and I was just like you know kids are going to draw whatever the fuck and yeah. have fun with it that is like the, the entries that we got in were like the best things I've ever seen in my life like yeah, right. amazing designs and these are just kids who were just doing it at home because they You're really like, like delete <laughs> delete yeah and it's just like <laughs> don't ever tell that kid he's good because yeah. he's going to steal my job yeah I think the really talented kids will come up so much quicker because they you don't have to have you don't have to be able to be hire a five thousand dollar camera. You know you can yeah. do shit on your iPhone. Yeah. You know you, you make a podcast. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that, it's all going to come down to creativity, and that's one thing you can't replicate. So the yeah. people with the good ideas. So we're fucked. Us. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, that's just the, the Bushmen were going, how good are we with our axes? What about them cavemen with their bloody sticks and rocks? Like, we've got it made. It's like, of course, they're going to be faster. But, yeah, you can't teach the creativity of it. And yep. there'll always be jerks that'll try and just get the cheapest. Like, if you're lucky enough to get paid for what you like to do and if you spend enough time doing it, hopefully that works out. But then it's that principle thing that you've, that's that clash again. Like... What can you get out of the job? You might not get it paid, but you might... Like, for me, if I get to do cool effects on a job that I feel like, all right, I'm kind of getting paid to do special effects and blow someone's head up or whatever it might be, I get something out of it, even if it's not paying the bills. Yeah. But a lot of your sets are, like, quite elaborate and, like, you know, the band didn't ask for that, but you've taken a hit to make it happen or an idea. Like, I remember the uh, there were those milk photos like in the pool and stuff like I just was like that's a mess that would suck like why'd you do that to yourself but the photos look amazing you know it's like I actually made the band um, pay for all that because they wanted to <laughs> well they had a lower budget cunt 101 again here <laughs> they had a lower budget and they said we want to do this and I said we can do that but you have to go out and find the location find the pool or whatever we're going to do it in and they <laughs> they ended up they, we bought 80 litres of milk and it, this was a shot where they're all Two like... Two weeks early. <laughs> it was a shot... If you, you can look up, if you look up on the screen there, you can see that it's, uh, it's people in a pool and they're all... They're in milk. And 
they had a blow-up pool. They did it. It was in the middle of winter in someone's garage. There's no heating. We bought 80 litres of milk, which barely covered, like, <laughs> two inches of the bottom of the, this blow-up pool. So we ended up putting one person in at a time and had two people on each end of this blow-up pool. If we pulled it up in, like, a taco shape, <laughs> it would get deeper. And I was over shooting them, and it was so fucking cold. And so we put the 80 litres of milk in water, and they had no towels or anything like that. So they basically got in in their undies and then got out, put their clothes back on, and then helped the next person do the pool. The birth of Milko. That's a home and away <laughs> reference. But, yeah. but the, the, coming back to where we're talking about... The drop really dead. So. <laughs> like no, no, no Sally Fisher fans here. Really. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't get that joke. I just moved on. Anyway, <laughs> let's do that. Thank you. Uh, I was going back to the young kids are going to rise up. The thing that'll hurt us when they come up is that if they start charging the fuck all money for jobs that they should be charging good money for. That's where, because they'll never get to where we are because they can't earn enough money to actually sustain a career because they've dropped their price and they're not charging enough. Don't put them in touch with Matt then because he's just giving it all the information. (laughs) That cunt class. (laughs) The cunt class. Um, I I guess the the next thing that I wanted to touch on from that then is everyone sort of brought it up in one way or another that you do have to supplement the passion jobs, I suppose, for ones that actually do pay money. Um, Like, everyone here would have worked in one capacity or another. I know for a number of years, Paddy worked in advertising. And it, I mean, arguably took a big toll on yourself creatively. Oh, Oh, yes. Designing real estate ads and stuff like that. I saw my legacy outside, actually. My my legacy of working in advertising. So there's Collier's, this, like, real estate company. Okay, there we go. There's the other person here that worked for that company. That was me, I worked with her. Um, but there's, they've got these like icons that they use on all their billboards, and I made all those icons, and they're just everywhere. So now I see those, and I'm like, I fucking hated that job, but I did those. It's yeah. the real estate equivalent to that Parkway Drive neck tattoo that you designed. <laughs> yes. Which has been lasered, I saw. Is it's it? been lasered. Oh, that's, a dude had it on the back, oh. and it's been lasered. Dream is dead. So yeah. soon, soon enough, the real estate billboards will also be taken down. Wait, let's just go back. Did you design a Parkway Drive neck? Tattoo. I, I did their logo. Yes. That's it was just a neck tattoo. And now it's just, yeah. It's so I specifically did it. the neck tattoo. I've also, like, I've, I've worked on a lot of D's Nuts tattoos. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> Who's nuts? These nuts. Those nuts. Um, yeah, so, but is that something that's like, is that a something that weighs on your mind then, having to do these other things to, you know, fulfill the financial aspect of your life or is it something that's just like you know oh, I'll just do this because I get to do this other fun shit well I think like Matt said before like even uh, um, you're not you're still not phoning it in like yeah it's this one's going to pay my rent for a while but I still want to make it look cool because you're only going to damage your, yourself if you do a shit job like yeah. there's, it, even if the client can be as, as in your mind not particularly cool or whatever but they still have an opinion. Like, if you just hand them porn store stiffy, they're not going to think that's good. Like, you know, you want... Yeah, they're going to want quality. It's like... If you gave me porn store stiffy every week, I'd be fucking <laughs> shuffed. Don't take that out of context. It's good. <laughs> no, take it out of context. Um, but, yeah, no, like, I... Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm quite lucky. I don't have any real jobs that I, like, dread doing. But there's definitely stuff I'm like, oh, I'll just do this and get that out of the way and then I can go back to doing that other thing. But well, so a big a big thing for you was work. You work on the block, the television. Yes, program. that's well. That's the best job I have. <laughs> yeah. Well, but no, no, but so, yeah. But is that something then that 
like is that something you feel good about the product that you've done for that or is that something that's just that's paying the bills uh well it's paying the bills for sure but at the same time like when when i see my parents and they say what have you been up to like that's what they tell their friends about that's the thing that can actually that's what tell them about the parkway drive book yeah no like well my parents friends they're like what does he do and they're like he draws pictures in a shed for money <laughs> and they just say he's a drug dealer that's it <laughs> and then they go oh you know on the block that's yeah blah 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 like and they go, what's Scotty like? And you go, he's not bad. He's a good bloke. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a bill payer for sure. But I'm also like, I don't have any uh, high issue with the block. Like, it's, it's cheesy TV and that's, that's all it is. But, like, I wouldn't, I've been offered to do design work, um, like, involving cigarettes and stuff and turned it down. Like, I don't have any interest in doing that sort of stuff. I definitely wouldn't do gambling or horse racing or any of that kind of shit. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm sure that there's people who make a great living off doing that, you know, like the all these fucking betting apps that, you know, someone's designing those things and you imagine how much money the betting app makes, imagine what the guy designing it could actually ask for. Yeah. Like you could ask for as much money as you want and your sweet Samuel L. Jackson will deliver it to you, you know, like... But, I um, wish. Did the, did the block ever say to you, oh, it'll be great exposure, we'll, uh, you know... No, no, that's the thing, they didn't. And that's that's that level that... And That's probably, how I got him on this podcast. Yeah, you would have. You probably <laughs> would have experienced that too. Forty people you know here. There's, there's the like, it'd be great if you follow. It'd be great exposure. Blah 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 level. And then there's just the like, oh, we have the budget. It's not like the people you're dealing with. It's not their money anymore. It's, it's a budget from a higher power. So they're just like, yeah, whatever. That's because they have actually budgeted. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Totally, they've budgeted for that. Um, yeah. Did Soundwave say it'd be good for your exposure? <laughs> It was, for sure, no doubt. But hey, 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 it might still be. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> well, since the Soundwave Festival had been cancelled, I have sold two books. Yeah, hey. right. Well, well, now they're at Pity the sells. on you. You can put up an in-memoriam store. <laughs> it's now a collector's item. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good exposure for I Hate God, you having this podcast, if that's anything. You all know about I Hate God now, so I really won here. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that... The reason I bring that up is... Oh, my God, this thing's fucking gone mental. Um, well, uh, before we... There's, my favourite one is, like, Matt stole the big mango. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Talk big, about that a bit more. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, everyone got that. Yeah, yeah. No. But the big mango, which is... I wasn't in, telling you to talk about it more. It's not even talking about it. <laughs> yeah, tell us about the big mango. I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> it's grouse, eh? It is. Um, well, I guess stepping back from that, the the dream is to be able to purely to steal the big mango. <laughs> purely pick a job based on what is artistically challenging and awesome and whatever versus what pays the bills, so that you can do what you love. Because inevitably, the cool creative projects have no money, and you've got to just suck it up and do it yourself. Um, I've found my, I'm in a weird position at the moment where I'm this mongrel that has done a whole bunch of. You are a mongrel. I really am, and I'm cool <laughs> with that. Um, I've done a lot of. Weird doco situation kind of things and a few, I guess with that relationship situation, there's a few ad agencies that have looked after me. And again, it's that thing of like they just, it's a nice situation because they pay you for everything you do. And when they change their mind, you invoice for it. Whereas if you work with bands, you know, it's like we want to do this. And then they'll change their mind and do all this, but you still have to work for the same hundred bucks you've agreed to. And that's fine, but it changes. Should have stuck with um, advertising, Paddy. Yeah, I Mm. really should have. But, yeah, probably the weirdest job I've had, I got a phone call saying, 
you know, what are you doing next week? Can you go to far north Queensland? Can you sign this non-disclosure agreement? It's all out now anyway. Um, you're going to steal the giant mango, which is like the big banana and all that crap, but it's in Bowen, Queensland. I'm like, all right. And um, so basically it was just a publicity stunt for Nando's to, to publicise the like new mango, mango salad chicken something, or something. How does chicken and mango... Yeah, well, and again, that becomes that moral dilemma because I'm vegetarian, but I didn't have to shoot chickens. Do I take their money? Again... Do I, I took, take the mango? I took the money. Um, <laughs> How do I decide? Yeah, I, yeah so Get I that went... mango cash. I got flown to far north Queensland. They'd done a deal with the head of tourism that they had a tourism um, little, you know, welcome to Bowen shop, which was next to the giant mango. Mm-hmm. So he was in on it, the head of tourism. And then the when guy you said he was in on it, I thought you meant the mango. The head of the police <laughs> oh, the mango was said, in on yeah, it. that's fine. You can knock yourself out. And then we got a local crane <laughs> so I could take company. It, <laughs> so my, my job, it wasn't to make a video. It was to shoot surveillance, like fake surveillance camera footage. Mm-hmm. So I bought a surveillance camera thing from JCAR for 500 bucks, And it just happened to be... While Brett from True North Cafe, who was also in Warped and a whole bunch of other bands that you probably know of, was doing up his thing and needed a surveillance camera system. So I said, do you want to come to Queensland with me? You can't tell anyone why you're coming. You just have to work out how the surveillance thing works. So we set it up, staged a robbery with Mm -hmm. cranes and stuff. And then at two o'clock in the morning on a Sunday night, these massive cranes picked up like a 50-foot mango and hit it in the bushes like literally (laughs) 100 meters like behind the site so we i just filmed and covered the whole thing then in the morning a press release went out and they said the big mango's been stolen and like i think it equated to something like 62 million dollars worth of free publicity because every news source was like (laughs) someone's stolen the big mango what a bunch (laughs) of rat bags and what was kind of funny i guess feeling a bit guilty about taking the money is as soon as it came out that Nando's stole it, everyone was like, fuck them, that's fucked. And it kind of backfired, but it was a really fun job to be on. <laughs> so you still got to stick it to the chicken company then yeah, in the end. got paid to steal shit. Like, wasn't it? We weren't even allowed to, like, check in on Instagram or Facebook and that kind of thing because it kind of... People would connect, like, why are you at yeah. the beach in... Why are you at the Big Mango? <laughs> yeah, no one cares about the Big Mango. <laughs> yeah. Only the papers. Um, so, I guess then, the other thing that I had written down... I'm so surprised that I managed to remember all this shit. Um, the other thing that I had written down was basically how you guys have inevitably then, throughout the years, managed to work with one another. Um, obviously, like Paddy said before, he's worked with a lot of the photographs Kane has took. But I think through one way or another either in via bands or sort of connected projects you've worked on, the same records or the same, uh, uh, you know, press runouts or whatever. Um, is that something, when talking about collaboration, is that something that's important as well, where the collaboration is important between the artist and the person? Is it really, you know, does it pay off well working with, you know, pe- like-minded people in the industry too? I'm pretty proud of Kane and my the bands that I've been in our track record of photos for the Nation Blue and High Tension. Yeah. And the Psycho... And, and Cosmic Psychos. The Psychos, now. yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, the um, spaghetti one is especially I cooked, special. I cooked yeah. all the spaghetti, if you've yeah. seen that photo. Again, if you cast, you cast your eyes to your monitor. Yeah. Spaghetti, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> what was the question? Sorry? Yeah. Well, I, like, is, we? is working with one another something that fuels further, you know... Well, Interest in doing this. Sort I think of it's thing. that comfort thing again. Yeah. Well, I think it's you can call Matt and be like, "This is the idea." Is the fucking and he goes, "That's shit ass." And you go, "Yeah, you're right." Like you can be <laughs> honest. You know, when you work closer to someone, you can be more honest with them about stuff. And, but there's also things like where you, if you work with a particular band or a client or something like that, you've done something with them, and then say like, "There's stuff that I've done for Parkway years ago," and now Callum does everything for them yeah. basically yeah, yeah. and it's just it's like I, I'm, I'm comfortable the, next the, the one thorn in my side is that everything has Pat's logo on it <laughs> yeah. but it's nice like it's kind of because I'm a kind of a, I'm kind of picky about how like if I've done something if something I've done is involved in a project I want to make sure that it's represented properly yeah. and it's comfortable knowing that Callum's doing it because I know that he's a good designer and he's going to handle man. it properly but then, ha- then we have to let go that the entire population of Europe loves Parkway Drive and there's always going to be some <laughs> weird European version of stuff getting out well, there, there was well. the, there was the stuff that Hartley showed me in Mexico where they had like ashtrays and yeah yeah the, uh, there like was tea towels. cigarette lighters and picks and stuff yeah. like a, bo- a full bootleg Parkway mall set up yeah, I, th- it was. I think it's also the comfort of well maybe it's just me but I feel like when I work with other people I usually think they're heaps better than I am so that it's like well if I'm working on something with Callum, it's going to be awesome because everything Callum does is fucking great. Oh, yeah, when I'm CC'd in there, I'm like, I don't even fucking know what I'm... I'm like, I'm like, do they really think I'm supposed to be in this email? You know, I'm like, in my little cubby house. Yeah, I'm drawing me little pictures in here. But it's Look a, at me, Mum. Yeah, it's a comfort thing and knowing, working with someone you respect, that it's got to be good because Matt's working on it. I like working with Matt because... He just comes up with the ideas and I go, yeah, that'll be, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll bring the pasta. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some roller skates, okay? That's... <laughs> but that's normally also not me trying to do your job for you. It's like we don't have much money. Yeah, so I respect that thing. in going, we'll we buy the roller skates. We don't have can much you... money. I'll cook all the pasta. <laughs> but, you know, if there's an opportunity to do something that you can get someone paid and you want, to, you want the job, you want it good... But you also want that money to go to someone you know, well, and you know they're going to work harder because it's also a mate thing. It's like no mates rates, give me the proper quote kind of yeah. thing. Like we've got a budget for this or whatever. And that doesn't happen yeah. to me very often. But yeah. the few chances I have had to do that, it's like awesome. Well, Let's get friends involved. Yeah, that's part of the reason why I'm really excited about the job that I have now. So I'm working at Unified. Is that I get to just kind of go. I have friends who are illustrators or video yeah. guys or photo guys, and I can just be like. I, this, I actually have an opportunity to be like, I have this much money. I can give this straight to my friend yeah. to do something. One, because I want my friend to get paid and so they can you know, pay their rent, but also because I know I believe in their work and I think they're, they're very talented people kind of thing. And it's just an opportunity to kind of help the, I guess, because there's like a pretty small artistic community, I guess, in like the heavy music scene in Australia. And so we all know each other. So it's nice to be able to kind of contribute to that and yeah. help people kind of get along. And, and like when I, was, when I was still like playing in bands and doing merch and stuff all the time. As I sort of was transitioning out doing so much of that, I got handed a bunch of clients from a friend of mine who had moved on to, like, another part of his work life as a professional artist, but he handed me, like, um, a bunch of design work for Stussy and Fresh Jive and all these kind of men's clothing labels that are in Maya and whatever. And that was, like, a design boot camp because I've been just doing 
shirt, shirt after shirt of like scratchy font, blood splatter. <laughs> oh, circular saw blade, regular saw blade. Like, what do you need? Um, but then it's like, oh, and they're all sick, but yeah, yeah, oh, they're great. Okay, it's gonna come back around. But then it's like, and then they go, oh, you know, here's all this this work, and here's this guy. Here's a bunch of his examples, and they're like, it's all a bit dark, but all right, we'll give it a go. And so he's then, got so many fucking saw blades. <laughs> so um, yeah, and then I pumped out all of these kind of all this work, which is uh, lots of eagles, lots of. I did a bunch of Everlast, like horrible shit, like a. a Wait, dude, you know, like you know, like boxing. Ones? Yeah. Um, there was a dude. We were at um, Bang or Next or something, and this dude like wanted to R. punch R. my. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, this dude wanted to punch my head in because I was like I'd pointed at him across the room. And he comes over and he's like, fuck your problem. And I'm like, oh, that's my handwriting on your lovely fresh jive v-neck that you're wearing, friend. <laughs> and he's like, like really kind of doesn't know. He gets to me, he's like, hey, come over. He goes, this guy fucking did this, check it out. <laughs> and I was like, no, right, mate, no worries, sign that for you. <laughs> but um, so but that like, happens every so, time I see the so parkway that was, drive neck tattoo. Yeah, that was amazing hey, for hold me. hold on, look at that. Signing necks. Yeah, that was amazing for me. But then like, as I have kind of, I've had other projects come in, doing less of that. To be able to pass off jobs to people that you meet along the way who are like either like on the way up or like equally and they're like, oh, I don't really do much fashion stuff, but I do a lot of music. Like you should try it, you know, then. And it's sort of, I, I believe, and um, people might agree or might disagree, but like if you look at any of the social media platforms, like for instance, MySpace, whatever, it was always the hardcores and the emos that were on it first. Like, they, they led the charge on that. And in a lot of ways, like... All, Congrats, everybody. Yeah, you really... <laughs> we we were the it. first or something. Yeah, yeah. How did you and mum meet? Well, I had hair like this. <laughs> um, but... Bunch of dickheads. You know, but they... Like, all fashion stuff is derivative of what's going on in music, really. And music merch is, like, the core of that. Whether that's, like, you know whatever Justin Bieber's wearing where this crutch is like down to here like if there starts coming out merch yeah like I'm wearing that. the pants right yeah now. yeah but um you know like it's all, it's all derivative so I think working in what like in the music industry is super flexible and as Matt said like there's lots of advertising agencies that have looked after him and it's it's that the uh your brain ticks in a different way when you work on no budget with a bunch of people who have 10 different ideas and everyone's late and no one's got any gaffer tape. Like, that's, you know, you can work with the worst conditions. So when you get into this cushy advertising one, you're like, ah, oh, we don't have to steal that stuff to use or like... So that's my experience with that. And being able to pass that on to anyone who I've met along the way is probably my favourite thing about it. Like, and I don't look at it as like, I'm too good for that now, but it's like, fuck, I'm too busy, but there's good money to be had there. So someone who is working hard deserves to get it, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, so the uh, this is the part where I run out of written questions. Um, I because this is the first time people are watching me do this, other than Paddy from his room watching a movie, while I do this in the living room. Um, I the room's small enough; you can just fucking yell them out. If you have any questions for anyone, yell them out. Don't everyone yell at once. Pay attention to your surroundings if anyone wants to ask a question. Well, if no one's going to break one we in, we haven't though. discussed Star Wars yet. I would no, love to talk fun. about Star Wars. Right. Go, no spoilers. No spoilers. No. Does what anyone are you going to talk about then? Callum's never seen Star Wars. Yeah. yeah does anyone I'm have done. a question? I was about busy. Star Wars? Back to the Future was on repeat. Nick, Nick, ask your question. Uh, if you could work for one band, who would it be? I exist. It's good. 
Great question, young man. Yeah, that's that's a really hard one. I'll go first. Yeah. I'll go. Um, I would work for ACDC, Bon Scott era. Um, uh, okay. Can't do it. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> called it. Called it. You can. <laughs> He'd be looking rough in those photos by now. Well, it'd just. <laughs> it'd just be for you, basically documenting history. You know, working from those small, seeing a. One of the great things about working with bands is seeing a band's that band that is on a rise as well. So, seeing them play to small rooms and then release a new album and see that growth expand and you know the band get more successful is really satisfying to see how bands grow and especially if you've been travelling in a van with them and then you know they come more successful and that sort of filters down with the people that they work for. So, I think that that era of Australian music is like. To me, it's super romantic. Like the, even like the, uh, I was just just YouTube today while I was doing some work. The Stevie Wright live at the Opera House doing EV parts one, two, and three, and like that, Albert's sound and all that shit. Like, you know, I was born in '84, but I'm like, oh man, I wish I was, you know, in around in a working age in that kind of era to work. But then, like, the grass is always greener. I'm sure it was just full well, of bullshit as well, you know. Yeah, well, it's kind of hard because you look at what Australian or Australian heavy music is doing now, like how big some of these bands are getting overseas and really we're probably in a similar um, yeah. you know, similar progression with the bands. So you've just... It's kind of hard to know where things are going. You just have to... Like me, I just have to get out and shoot bands and then all of a sudden you start seeing down the track going, wow, there's was something going on here. I think it's happening with the Poison City at the moment. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's uh, like super, very admirable of how much you shoot uh, still, like... Because I couldn't be bothered shooting this oh, much. I can't be fucked half the time. But you, like, you're <laughs> shooting, you know, like Taylor Swift, but then shooting stuff that's at the Bendigo, you know, like these, the 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 contrast is huge, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> I actually like for all that. Then goes to your love jobs, and you know, I like shooting the stuff in those small, intimate venues because that, to me, is where you get the real rock and roll, you know, gritty. You're a metre away from a band, you know, the crowd's all into it, where it's a totally different vibe when someone's standing on stage in front of 50,000 people, yeah. so... And you got that lens that's as long as your arm and you look like a big dickhead at yeah. the same time. And yeah. people go, Looks like you're shooting soccer. That's a big lens. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, um, mate. All right, so who else? What other bands? Matt, who do you want to work with? Well, I, I got a burst of anxiety because it started to... When that question came out, because I started to think about... Well, it's the whole thing of not wanting... You, you got to be careful if you get to meet your idols because I've had some bad oh, situations. Yes. I've, I've been it. lucky and I've had some bad situations. But the last band that I've watched and went, fuck, I want to do a video for them was Peep Temple, which isn't that exciting. But that's when they played at Meredith mm-hmm. last yeah, weekend. Yeah. It was fucking sick. And I just kind of, that, that was like, I don't really do much music videos anymore because it's really hard when there's no money and... You're yeah. in three bands, or you're in two bands, and look after one. That's a lot of music video time, and you want to make a living at the same time. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like music videos take up a lot of time to do. You've got to fit in some rent. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that's the last band that yeah. I was excited about. I'd be too scared to do a Iron Maiden video. Yeah, yeah, like you know. I'd love to do an Iron Maiden video. <laughs> and also, it depend like at what level you know. Like when I was a kid, I I loved Kiss when I was like ten, but like. If I got a job to do a kiss, You'd it'd be them. terrible. It'd just be, they'd give you a bunch of logos, a bunch of flame patterns, 
<laughs> and a bunch of like shit that you're going to put that on and you're like, here's... You don't want to work with pyrotechnics? Yeah, no, no, but like print-wise, you know, they'd be like, oh, you're designing the new range of lunchboxes and alarm clocks or whatever. <laughs> and then it'd be like, uh, I don't know, but for me, like I think same as Matt, when I see a band that I'm excited about, I'm interested in working with them. Um, and more so, like if, I'm, if I meet someone who is just a good person and they're like, oh, I'm in this band and then I think it changes the way you look at the band off the bat as well and you go like... I'm going to go see their band. Oh, they're really good. Oh, they're nice guys. Oh, they want to do this thing or whatever. But, like, for me, Matt, Matt's doco, which we touched on before, like, um, not to piss in his pocket too much, we have our own arrangement for those kind of activities. But it's like... <laughs> piss-pocketing. Yes, yeah, piss-pocketing. Piss it's right um, there. <laughs> it's, uh, but, like, that, the story of that doco, the storytelling, and he, he has told me himself, like, he had no, no knowledge of them at all until he met the guys and he was, like, introduced to them to like you should do a doco but like that's so, so, it's a package of something so Australian and so ridiculous but so kind of it like it ignites some kind of excitement these just absolute idiots that have like somehow taken over but also not and it's like it's an amazing it's just such a Aussie it just feels very real mm-hmm. and so like when I watched that doco I was like oh man I'd love to do a shirt or something for them that'd be cool and then, you know, six months later, Matt goes, can you draw a horny-looking prawn for us? <laughs> and I go... You bloody yeah. ripper. And I'd send it, and he goes, give it a bit more sweat. <laughs> like, and so it's, yeah, I think... As horny prawns do. Yeah, but, you know, like, over the years, there's been all kinds of bands that I've seen and be like, wow, and then, I don't know, it's uh, the secret, and eventually maybe it comes full circle and you end up working for them. But I also, I, I'll, I'd be stoked to get a, an email from some band, and I go... Yeah, cool. And I look them up and I'm like, oh, they're pretty good. Like, it's a pleasant surprise. I'm sure you have that more with, yeah, yeah. with the amount that's coming in. Yeah. Um, Put yeah. the microphone in your mouth. You yeah, well, going, going off what Matt said before about working for your idols, you've got to be real careful. Not oh, that fuck idols, off. Come but... on, just say a favourite band you'd like to... Oh, well, there was a band, when I, like, a band that I loved when I was a little kid, when I was like a teenager, was Shy Hood. Loved that band so much. Then, however many years later... How old Aaron's... were you as a kid? Oh, when I was like when I was a, when I was a teenage <laughs> toddler, I was a kid. I love brass. Kid, kid being a teenager, um, but then Aaron's band I exist went on tour with I exist, and I went. Where's Solo? What's the I exist count up to now? Someone else mentioned. And I got it. to go on that tour, and I was really excited because I loved that yeah, band for years and years and years. And then through that, met them, and then got asked to do some stuff for them. And then flash forward to last year, I did a record. They asked me to do a record for them. I'm like this is like 15 year old me is going to be yeah. so fucking excited about this. And it was the shittest experience. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go into detail about it, but like... Profound hatred of JPEGs. Yeah. Well, you, put, you put the picture <laughs> yes. in the projector. I, I, had, I put the... Originally, there was going to be the picture up there. I put it up there because the photo on the cover is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I wanted the, to be up on the, the screen. The Letterman jacket, right? Yeah. yeah. But like the experience of going from being asked to do it to working through it to eventually coming out was awful. And since then, I can't listen to the band because I fucking hate that. What's Everything that went through that. And it's just like... You've got to be really careful slope. about who you work with, yeah. That's why you, well, pick, a a cl- um, that's why you pick a classic time in the band yeah. when you suggest those classic bands. Well, yeah. Because yeah. I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't want to work for ACDC now. No. Didn't you just... Oh, well, that's not really for <laughs> them, but you just shot them. Yeah, yeah, doesn't count. What's the worst you've people you've worked for you can't say? High tension. <laughs> All that fucking no spaghetti. Work with cunts. I, I don't know. I don't really have too many horror stories like... The, it's usually management that are the cunts. And then you get to the band, they're like, oh, they are pretty nice dudes. So a lot of the time it's yeah. people surrounding the band which make it harder. No offence, Stu. <laughs> Stu's great to work with. Yeah. I was, yeah. 
Exception. Exception to the rule. Uh, I got booked. I feel like I'm bragging, but this was go on. Actually, the worst. Tell us, Uncle One Matt. of the worst filming <laughs> experiences. I got booked in your own pocket for once. Would you? Check this piss out. I got, <laughs> I got booked to. Sh- I got booked by Slayer to shoot behind the scenes at their show, like backstage. Nick, Nick Lucas's favourite band, Slayer. <laughs> Slayer. The, that white album is <laughs> fucking sick. The white album. Yeah, the white album. Um, I got booked to shoot yeah backstage for Slayer when they were out touring yeah. a while yeah. ago. The white album and. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome, and then went into immediate panic. Because then it's that, same, that thing of, like, inspire, and you, I'm sure you, especially being photographer, it's that feeling of even if you've been booked by the band, you're the person that they never actually want in the room. And it's that thing of, I'm like, okay, I'll go in and introduce myself to them. And it's that problem because I really fucking love Slayer. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm, um, <clears throat> I'm um, just filming. And Kerry King was just... <laughs> did not care, did not want... Tom Araya was lovely, like, quite friendly and whatever, but basically just fucked me off. So it's that issue of, like, I've been booked to do a job, but they're just like, fuck you, fuck off. You didn't have enough Jägermeister throat tattoos for them. No. That yeah. was the unfortunate but part. The, the clincher was the tour manager came up to me and went, Matt, where are you? Shani. Yep. I'm sure we've all met, worked with Shani at some point, maybe not. Um, has gone... Quick, uh, Chopper Reed's just walked into um, Slayer's band room. You should go in and film. And I'm like, and they've had the door shut probably because they didn't want me in there. So I had to psych up all this strength of like, oh, fuck, all my heroes are in the one room. <laughs> so, Slayer and a criminal. Yeah. I've, I've sort of let myself in and Chopper's holding court with Tom Araya just going. And he's just talking all this crap to him with his manager and he's Drink smashing um, Red Bulls. Chopper's manager? Yeah. Yeah, oh, the guy God. with the tattooed face, right? That guy? <laughs> no, it was the, oh, the that's one his before bodyguard. that. He might not be around anymore. I don't think any of them are around anymore. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah and then he started doing that and then I sort of interjected and would say to Tom Ray, like, do you know much about Chopper? And he's like, no. Nah. I'm like, Mark, why don't you tell him what you've done and he just started listing off like uh, <laughs> burned down a few houses killed a few people and he's just going but Kerry King's in the back just doing warm up things and um, Dave Lombardo's just fucked off and then I'm thinking I'm getting the best fucking footage ever this is sick <laughs> and then finally he leaves and then I start going to like Tom Araya so what was it like meeting Chopper he's like oh Wow, that was crazy. And then Kerry King just looks over and goes, bye, see you, mate. Oh. <laughs> oh, so he didn't, go, he didn't go to your cunt 101 class, no, Kerry he King. No, he's just like, fuck off. I'm like, yeah, oh, what a so dickhead. I sort of backed out. So uh, fuck you, Kerry here. King. That's another one. Yeah. Um, anybody else got a question for these people up here? Oh, cool. <sighs> Crickets. Thanks, everybody. Um, all right, well, I'm going to ask uh, a couple more that I have in my head. Um, so... One of the other things that I sort of uh, was thinking up before this was where, where do you see things going for yourself from here? So you obviously have built individually yourselves up into a career path now from something that started off as a passion project, I suppose. What's the end game for you now? Is it just getting these advertising jobs that make money or is it to keep doing things that you're invested in? Oh. Yeah, I, I, I want to make movies, so everything's leading towards you someone 
pain Pissing for in your that pocket. damn movie. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make a fuckload of cash. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Someone agrees. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I have no idea, like, path-wise, but as long as I'm scraping by, that's fine. Yeah. But, like, I, I've never closed myself off to any option, like, as far as, like, whether it's going to be design or video or painting shit for the block like whatever I'll, yeah, I'll kind of have a go at I don't it. think you've ever said no to anything in your life no, no, you not, just do not everything much. yeah like it's my whole idea is to just keep having a go at stuff and if you're open to ideas and open open these doors and you put the work out that you want to do more of it tends to just keep coming at you and it's like yeah I, I'm constantly surprised but I really have no plan and I haven't even I haven't had a plan before but it's just worked out that way I guess so like I said I'm lucky man in a little shed drawing pictures <laughs> Doing it up. Yeah, it's like I, I kind of, as I go, always just kind of set small little goals. Like, I'd like to work with that band or I'd like to work with that person or whatever. And then when I was at the ad agency, because I was obviously always answering to a creative director, I was just like, I'd like to do what he does. And then I got offered the job that I have now, which is essentially doing that. Yeah. So but for good products. Of, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Not, interesting. Now, now yeah. I'm not working for petrol companies and real estate agencies. Yeah. And so I did that and I've just kind of been doing that and I have no fucking idea what I'm doing next. Like yeah, just keep but keep going. Whatever comes, really. Yeah, exactly. But um, on the on the point of like creativity, and I mean, I guess working with bands, I should turn it to you, Aaron. Who would you want to have on the podcast aside from us, Kerry King? Well, he'd probably Come. tell me to fuck off, so not <laughs> Kerry King. Um, I mean, uh, sure, I mean, I'm sure there's an I hate God one coming because you have enough. There's enough Kevin Bacon separation that you could like get one of them on Skype or whatever. But who yeah. who would be like? Who would you be? frothing well i mean any of them would be the ideal one really um but i think the biggest one for me is my mum and she's Fuck yeah probably going to be my next i love my her, next one i love her work on facebook she's yeah. bloody good if any of you don't know my mum don't try and look her up on facebook it's all private because she's scared of people attacking her on the internet but um <laughs> I'm going to do one with my... That's the one I want to do, is with my mum. Live, live from Malcolm Turnbull's old car that she drives around For in. those of you who don't know, my mum used to... She recently sold it. Oh. In a text... Me- when he became to the... To when, Kevin Rudd? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. When he became the Prime Minister, I asked her, how does it feel to own the Prime Minister's car? And she said, the prick should have told me he was selling me a fucking lemon. <laughs> so... <laughs> She's going to be so good on the podcast. Yeah. But so, I mean, yeah, no, my mum and otherwise Questlove from The Roots. Yeah, yeah, awesome. See, like, there's so much potential. I mean, I think, you know, I already just hyped up Matt's doco, but, like, it's, it's a bloody good podcast. And, like, it's been, it's been really interesting to learn more about people who I either don't know at all or I've seen around... Um, you know, all the guests have been super interesting. Thank you. And I know that there was some contention on the internet, and everyone likes to stir shit on the internet about whatever, but there was contention on the internet about this panel being all-male white oppressors, which Correct. is like, and it was, you know, but people just dick around on the internet and, like, were stirring that dude up. But he has a point. But if anyone is on board with the point of it being female-inclusive, like, I don't know how many you've done, but I can think of, like, five or six females who have had the most interesting of those podcasts it's like yeah i think aaron's done a great job to be inclusive of all that stuff so you should you deserve more props than than anyone getting down on that but 
your mum let him fucking have it. She goes, how about you organise your own bloody live podcast, mate? And I was like, let her know. <laughs> That's my mum. Yeah. That's why I want her on the next one, just to defend me publicly. <laughs> but yeah. Mum, can you defend me, please? But the podcast with Yells and with Meg and Sophie's one that just went up and Bex, like, they were all been awesome. And it's like, yeah, you just want to sit on your couch and yes, yes. That's you, like, cracking a beer every however long. Yeah, I really have to wee right now, too. <laughs> Aaron did reveal to me that my one was the only one he's done where he's been properly drunk, which is why it was so long. Before Callum came to my house, he got in a car accident before yeah. that podcast. You know why? Because I was trying to stream Macklemore on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that a good thing to admit publicly? I mean, fine. No, nah, no, nah, cool. it wasn't why I crashed, but I definitely had been doing that earlier. And I was like, imagine I, like... Was laid out and the ambulance come down. They go, oh, new, new Macklemore. <laughs> All right. This guy's a dickhead. All right, bro. You deserved it. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, well, that, that was the first time I ever got maggot and did one. Yeah. And I had to, we had to stop three times so I could go piss. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. sick. Um, okay, well, I think this is a good spot to end it where I talk about me weighing because I need to go do that. Yeah. Um, but... Could everybody here please give a round of applause for these guys for coming and talking with me? Please continue clapping for yourself for coming to see me talk. Yeah. I really fucking appreciate yeah. it. It means a lot. Um, I'm going to stop now. Jamie Hay and his band, The Guilt Parade, are going to play. Please awesome. buy another beer, watch them play some songs. And Aaron has some t shirts from the podcast oh, for sale. Yeah, there's merch up the back. Yeah. <laughs> There's and merch I'll, up the side. There's merch up the side. I've got a bunch of old prints that are going cheap for last-minute Christmas gifts, and I just realised this microphone says the art house, which makes me really happy. That it's That's sick. So Also, good. I've got stickers. If you want a sticker, I'll give you a sticker. So, yeah, cheers. Thanks again for coming. Jamie's next. Thank you. This was the Oblivious Maximus Live podcast. Brutal. No spoilers. And a final thank you once again to the Reverence Hotel for hosting us. That was fucking awesome. Cheers, brother!